My name is Shandy Chernow, and you're listening to the Shandyland Podcast. I'm very excited today because you know I love interviewing a great chef, and Chef Michael Mori is one of my favorites that I've had the opportunity to work with, uh, you know, during my time at Certistar. He's a chef instructor at the East Valley Institute of Technology, or EVIT, and the founder of Pro Chef Solutions, where he does consulting for small business restaurants and operators. And I think that the ability to balance those two things is amazing. You must be doing so much to help so many people. Chef Michael, thank you so much for being here. No, thank you. I appreciate it. So I love chef stories. Like it's a thing. I, I think that it's always so fascinating. So talk to me about how you started your chef journey. When was kind of your aha moment that this is what you knew you wanted to do? Um, my aha moment happened when I was working in Millbrook, New York, and I had the good fortune of working with several people who were not only involved with the Culinary Institute of America, but were graduates or attendees. And at that time, I just realized this is really cool. I'm pretty good at it. Um, I can be creative. I can put art on a plate. I can do so that was that was kind of the aha moment. I, I didn't realize that, you know, you had to worry about keeping your business sustainable at that time, but <laughs> that, that came later. <laughs> so. so you've, I mean, in the, in the journey of chefs, yours is particularly interesting. You've done a little bit of everything. You know, I think that a lot of times students think I am chef, I will go work in restaurant, but there's really a lot of other things that are possibilities from a career path, you know, career path perspective. So Run me through the, the places that you have been and all the different options that there are that are available. Um, just uh, I'll do it as quickly as I can. I think I've held about five different executive chef positions. Um, and those have been everything from uh, country clubs um, to um, retirement, um, food service director. Uh, gosh, I've done stadiums and arenas. I've done small um, private restaurants. I, again, the country club environment was really good. Um, conference centers, I, I've done those as well. So I, I think you're exactly right. I think that, you know, one of the one of the worst mistakes you could make would be to pigeonhole yourself into an environment that you think um, is, is where you should land because maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you start off in healthcare or something like that, and you realize, hey, this really isn't my gig right here. You know, maybe I want to do something different. And you can, you can do whatever you want to do. The hospitality industry is the biggest industry on earth, you know, and so there's a lot of opportunity if it's the biggest industry on earth that you're into. So yeah. well, it's kind of every step along the way too, right? So when you've got a restaurant, if you think about all the people that you are buying, all the companies that you're buying things from in order to right make that restaurant go, all of those companies have chefs and executive chefs too. They do. And you don't they really do. think and about that, right? No, you, you really don't, especially when you're younger and you may, you may have stars in your eyes and you may want to be on Food Network and maybe that's where you go. And there's absolutely nothing Network. wrong with that. Um, but yeah, the, the support end of it and even the beverage side of it, you know, everything in hospitality, hey, you could end up being the general manager at a water park you know, who knows, it, it's all, it kind of gets in your blood and then you kind of just need to figure out what's really good. You know, the only thing I would say, and, and I'm saying this to my students now, um, being an instructor now is, you know, be patient. 
and kind of allow things to to come to you and don't push it that hard. I think restaurants and many other industries are notorious for promoting people a little bit too quickly. And, you know, so just take your time, relax. There's life is long. <laughs> yeah. Life is long. Learn, learn many things, you know, take the good, leave behind the bad and just go forward. Um, you know, and I think anybody who's been in the business as long as I have, you've come to a point where you've taken maybe a, a lateral step, to take a step forward, or maybe even take a step back to take a step forward. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know? So running a kitchen like you have is kind of like being an instructor, right? You hire people with the expectation that you're going to have to teach them things. Correct. How does that feel now being in a high school environment where people are probably coming in with kind of a, a nothing starting place? I don't mean that in a, in a disparaging way at all, but, you know, they've never worked in a kitchen before, likely. Right. So how is that, you know, kind of starting from ground zero and being able to mold them? Right. And like However you said, you, you know, it's very, very similar because you do have all the different skill levels, right? We do have some students who are in their second year. We have students who are working out in the industry right now, and they have been for a year or two, whether that's exposure through their family or that they're just working while they're in high school, um, you know, so all the different levels. So I think the, the true thing in, in being a leader and being a good teacher is to recognize the skill level of the person you're working with and try to bring them up, you know, try to recognize what they really like, um, try to help them with that, try to make sure that the questions can be answered, try to have patience. You know, um, sometimes in restaurants, it's pretty tough to have patience when you're in the weeds and, you know, everybody in the restaurant's getting their butt kicked and you're, you know, it's just, it's an insanely busy sometimes, but, you know, um, in, in the end, if, if you're teaching and you're growing and you're learning, um, there's nothing else like it, you know, there's really nothing else like it. So yeah, to be able to recognize that the person next to you needs something or that they don't need anything, <laughs> you can move on to, to teach someone else or to do something else. It's, it's really all the same. Um, you know, the difference is the, these kids are working in the restaurant that I run and they're not getting paid. You know, this is not they're they're working because they want to be there and they want to learn about an industry that they believe is going to be a future for them um and that's that's just amazing to me because you know it, this is all i've done my entire life you know for more than three decades and so i want to contribute to the industry i want to take the culinary field further and just you know bring these kids along you know so, so what does day one look like? Like, you know, somebody walks into culinary arts, you know, they're a freshman, sophomore, junior year of high school. Well, you know, it's it's funny because it's so similar to walking into your first day on the job, right? Your first day on any job, you have orientation. And so they're going to try to teach you everything from where the bathrooms are to, um, you know, where the time clock is. Um, the rules, your uniform, your attendance. So it's very much the same. The structure is very much the same. If we think back to when we were in high school or secondary schools, whatever, um, there's always procedures you have to follow, right? And so that part of it's all the same. Um, figuring out uh, how to get the most out of the kids. Well, you know, again, it's the same thing as trying to get the most out of your employees. Look, you know, we're humans and you need to be a human. You need to recognize 
somebody's having a bad day, you know, let's not come down on them. Let's, play, you know, maybe, maybe they're not meant to be a captain that day. Maybe they're just meant to be on the fryer. Maybe they're just meant to, you know, go back and do some dishes or, you know what I'm saying? So recognize who, who the people are and, and um, where they are. Now, I'm not saying you don't push people into uncomfortable situations because that's what learning is all about right you know it's like it's like when a lobster molts right it's not very comfortable for a lobster to molt but but they molt <laughs> you know so you have to discard the old and kind of um you know come along and gain new knowledge comfort or no comfort it's get you need to do it you know no doubt so, how does the restaurant work with the schedule so you've got students running the bistro right right, right. how does so, how does that work kind of logistically so EVIT is, um, is, is a lot different. So we, we bring students from 13 different homeschools and that's all over the valley. So we, we bring them from uh, Scottsdale, Apache Junction, even Fountain Hills. And so they don't come to us for academics. They come to us for trade learning. Now we have over 40 different programs there. Culinary is only one of them. We have cosmetology, we have fire science, we have all kinds of different programs. So the kids come to us. Um, we do two, two and a half hour classes per day. And so with the restaurant, we loosely try to design that in the two day parts, right? So we do breakfast and we do lunch. Um, we're not open on the weekends and we're not open in the evenings because you don't have the students, students aren't, aren't there to perform right. a task. Um, so when they come in, it's, you know, we're building, we're, we're trying to prepare them for the workforce. And so what we, what we really, really focus on is the fact that, look, you're here for two and a half hours. Um, you're working for two and a half hours, okay? There's, you, you're not on your phone. <laughs> you're not taking a bunch of breaks. You're not, you know, this is, this is work time. This is getting, getting you prepared to go interview and get a job. And, you know, even based on labor laws, like we discussed this the other day in a training session that I was in is, um, you know, when you, when you're working, you don't, you don't just take a break whenever you want to. You don't just take a break. Like you really only get a break every four hours. Well, our classes are only two and a half hours. So though it may seem like we're really pushing kids hard. Um, yeah, you can't go to the bathroom three times in two and a half hours. You can't go check your phone. You can't go do, you know what I mean? So it's yep. really, we're really trying to prepare them for the real world. Um, and that, that I just think is exciting, um, because I, like I said, I don't think there's many programs out there that are doing what we do. Um, so I'm, I think I'm fortunate to be there. Honestly. That's awesome. Do they yeah. get to have input on kind of menu development and ordering and yeah. all that stuff or yeah, first I'm, run the restaurant second, so, all those so, things? So glad you're, you're asking such great questions. Because if you really, if you've been in the industry for a while, especially as a chef, if you were to look at our menu, you would recognize the fact that the menu is built to focus on a lot of different techniques and a lot of different pieces going together, but in an expedient enough fashion to where it makes sense. Now, kids rotate in and out of the restaurant every two weeks. So again, the core of the menu can't change very much, but okay. if you look at successful mom and pops and successful franchises, that's what they do too. They have their identity and they stick with it, right? So we have our identity. Um, we have a broad base of, of um, ethnicity on what we do, but our focus is to train them to see a lot of different things in a short period of time. Um, we do menu additions uh, and we, we run those weekly as a lunch special. 
I don't like the word special, but I'll use it anyway. Um, and then everything else we make from scratch. We make all of our own dressings from scratch. We make our own stock, all of our soups. The only thing we don't do from scratch are breads because we don't have enough facility there to bake our own breads, like for hamburger buns. And, you know, mm -hmm. we just can't do that, you know, rye bread and things like that. Um, but we do everything from scratch. We grind our own meat for our hamburgers. We make our own patties. We cut our own French fries because we want the kids to see. 90% of the restaurants aren't going to make their own French fries. And we all right. know that, but that's okay because we want them to learn how to do it and how it's executed. And it's all about process in the restaurant, right? If we, if we understand that there's a process involved and we put a process in place, then we create consistency and that's what we need for sustainability, you know? So sure. um, yeah, it's really, it's really, really cool. It's a I cool want to come be a student. You should, no, you need to come have lunch with me. I'll, I'll take a break too. and I'll, yeah, you can have, a, <laughs> we'll teach the students all about food allergies then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's, that's a crucial part. Well, that's the future, right? That's yep. the future. And, and they need to, they need to know that they need to understand that. Actually, one of my rock star students is um, vegetarian. And it's interesting because he has an influence on the people around him. Sure. And he has an influence on the restaurant itself when we, you know, because the options, once again, there, we do have some options printed on the menu, but we also have that little secret menu that you can, um, you know, if you've been there a few times, you know, things that you can get, you know, we all have that little, you know, that, that little secret menu that we can love order it. from, you know, that's so, awesome. Yeah, for yeah. sure. We'll have to do that. Yeah. All right. So on the other side of life. You spend time at Pro Chef Solutions teaching chefs and operators who are out there running their own businesses and helping them become more efficient, more profitable, more kind yeah. of making. tell me all about that. Yeah, the the core um, idea for that came from when I did work, um, I worked for a very, very large food distributor uh, for many years. And mm -hmm. that was basically 80% of my role there was to try to identify what um, mom and pop restaurants were doing and help them along, you know, now, whether that's high tech or low tech, I'm, I'm a, I'm a techie embrace technology kind of person. However, we all know that there are still mom and pop restaurants mm -hmm. that barely know how to use Excel and that's fine too. Um, but again, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of process and procedure. And so if you don't have those things in place, it's very difficult to figure out what's wrong. And therefore it's very difficult to figure out how to go forward and have things um, be, be more sustainable for your business. Um, so a function as simple as an inventory. Look, it's, it's great if you can integrate that into everything. If you can integrate it into your recipe and your ordering, your online ordering, um, your, your nutritional analysis, your allergen analysis it's fantastic if you can do that and i think that that's what we all need to do that's what we need to have you know as a goal in our future but in the meantime sometimes when you talk to a restaurateur they um they're not really looking at that they're looking at the immediate problem of what's keeping yeah. them awake at night right exactly and yeah and so when you when you have those honest conversations um you know in the meantime when someone hires a consultant, they need to be willing to listen. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, otherwise, we they're to... just kind of throwing money out the window, right? <laughs> right. 
what happens when the things that are keeping them up at night are not the right problems for them to be solving? Well, you really have to Does that make sense as a question? Yeah. I mean, you, you just really have to dig because look, it's, it's this way. You don't, you would never take your car in for service unless your car needs service, right? So you're not going to just go to the Nissan dealer and say, yeah, Hey, um, you know, I want to spend some money on my car. No, people, people in restaurants recognize the fact that they have problems. They just sometimes don't know exactly how to start. They don't know how to take the first bite, right? So sometimes someone from the outside and look, some conversations are only 30 minutes long and say, listen, you're, you're right. You recognize the fact that you have a food cost issue. So this is what I'm saying to you is that you need to start here and we need to drill down and figure out what's going on, where that's happening, why it's happening. And if you want me to, I can help you do this and I can help. We'll lay out a roadmap and we'll lay out our plan. And, you know, I, I do everything from a one hour observation to, you know, working with people for days to um, create those things, to do cost analysis, to look at their menu. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of restaurants don't pay enough attention to their menu. That's your one piece that every single person sees, you know, and, um, Pay attention to it. Make it nice. I despise menus that have little pieces of tape on them that have little, you know, like, come on, you know, that's, that's you, that's your identity. So I don't think you'd be walking around with a little piece of tape on your forehead trying to fix your own eyebrow. You know, I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've seen you. (laughs) No, I mean, but like, so going back to your food cost, sometimes food cost is a negotiation with the vendor issue. Sometimes food cost is food waste. Right. Sometimes yeah. you're not utilizing the same things over and over again on your menu enough. Right. right? You've got too many things that you're ordering. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of there's a he may he or she may know that they've got a food cost issue, but maybe you're trying to solve it from the wrong direction. And, and you know, say, saying that, I mean, like we're headed down a path inadvertently here, but you know, supply chain issues right now are in the forefront of everybody's mind, and that's mm-hmm. everything from construction to to what kind of catch them am I going to get this week? Everything. So, you know, cost has really been a roller coaster Um, in general and probably likely after we get through all of this, um, it will be again, it'll be pretty predictable and you'll be able to, you know, kind of foresee some things happening. Um, And, you know, but the thing is, is you can't have fear about changing. You, you, You can't have that fear. You've got to be able to adapt your menu you need to be able to um change your pricing and you need to look at it frequently you know that's that's a mistake that i see um often very very often if you and look i'm and i i don't know who's going to be listening but um the major chains do it better than anybody okay they they change all the time they're very clear on what they're serving for how long they're serving it you know limited time offers are fantastic you know why because it's a limited time offer. So you can, you can just make sure that you can procure the product, make sure you're pretty solid on the price, um, predict your sales and go forward. Right. And then you can analyze all of it. So you can, and you have can all always the choose done. to keep it if you want to. Yeah, exactly. It can make its way no onto the, it the, the regular menu. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and having too many items, you know, that's pretty common that, you know, um, I still, after more than 30 years, don't understand how the Cheesecake Factory does it, but they do. <laughs> right. And I just wouldn't want to work in there. I've never seen it, but uh, 
Yeah, that's um, they break all the rules and they still produce enough revenue to stay open. All so, the rules. Yeah, all the rules, all the rules. Um, but, you know, look, generally speaking, if you if you if you go into chains, we don't need to say names. There's a great chicken place. They, they do chicken. There's a great burger place. They do burgers. Right. Mm -hmm. They've perfected what they do. Their order guides three pages long. Um, they procure what they need. They they do volume. They do it well. And um, they watch the prices, you know, um, and so that keeps them going. That keeps them sustainable, um, you know. So yeah, re restaurateurs are they're they're funny people, you know. I I love them. I, <laughs> it's it's like a fungus; it never stops growing. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. What uh, so we've we've I've got a couple different directions that I want to go in here. You mentioned one of the mistakes that you see kind of most commonly is around menu stuff. What other things? Well, um, I, I would say that w without being willing to to grow in any direction, okay, so you you have to make sure that you're putting time into your employees. You have to make sure that you're you're training them. You know, it's it's really really common in our business, especially with small business. And especially right now, a lot of labor struggles going on along with the supply chain issues. So it's not a great time for, for restaurants right now. We're coming out of it, but it's it's still a struggle. Um, you know, that investment can sometimes be hard, you know, to, to train people and to make the commitment um, to keep them, you know, make sure that they understand what's going on, make sure that they don't get blindsided, make sure that, you know, like if we go back early in our conversation when you were talking mm -hmm. about what's the difference between um, a student's first day and I brought up, well, what's the difference between that and an employee's first day? It's the mm -hmm. same thing. You know, we you need to make the commitment um, to to keep the people long term. Um, one Another thing I've seen in the industry is that a, a lot of people are taking a lot more time in the recruiting process. And I believe in that. I believe in that, but I also don't believe that you should let anybody go that you think is is good and and moldable. You know, a lot of restaurateurs will say, oh, gee, you know, I don't want somebody who already has bad habits. Well, you know what? Retrain them, you know, make the commitment, train the person They're, You know, they're look, if if they did a good job for 11 years at some chain, they're probably going to do a real good job for you for 11 years at your place. It's just, you know, you just have to adapt them to it you know, and, uh, look, people, people in restaurants want to please other people generally, even though they might come off a little crotchety sometimes, that's what, we, that's our business. And that's what we want to do. <laughs> so bring out the best and, you know, so spend, you know, you, you got to spend the time on, 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 on the menu. You got to spend the time on the people, you know, you really do. So, um, so let's talk about technology then. Yeah. Where you, know, you can, you can, bring a lot of different technologies into a restaurant. Yes. I mean, literally anything, right? From a point yep. of sale system to a robot to do all of your French fries for you, like yep. whatever. Where do you find the balance? What are, what are the places that you should bring tech and what are the places where it's just too much? Well, you know- And I realize I'll, it's different for everybody, but- Yeah, it's, it, it, it's very different. But you know, the, I think the biggest thing in our face is that we need to realize that obviously technology is not going to stop. Um, anybody who's approximately my age or been in the in, been in the business for 20, 30 years, you likely started off um, writing your notes on a piece of paper 
You likely started off doing your inventory on a piece of paper. You don't do that anymore. I mean, no one can see me, but I'm at my desk at home and I have two laptops, an iPhone and a tablet on my desk. Okay. Not that I can use all four of those at, at any one given time, but we need to embrace the fact that um, this is where we're headed. When I look at it generationally, sorry, um, the kids that I'm working with right now are fantastic on their phones. They, they don't have to embrace the technology because it's already there. They know it. They're born with it. It's coming. So um, think back 10 years. Were there really any screens in, in fast food restaurants when you walked in? There were menu boards, you know, and menu boards were a big deal, right? Like you could market your Coke or your Pepsi or your whatever, you know? And so the, the progression has been fast and furious. Yeah. And if you're not willing to accept it, um, then you're, you're, you're probably not going to be sustainable. You know, you're probably not. Um, and so I just think that the, the other good thing is the cost is doing nothing but coming down. Okay. So if you look at the cost of doing the menu screens instead of boards and you look at printing and you look at things. So um, the, the cost is coming down because you're, you're not printing hard copies anymore. You can do most of your marketing digitally, which with that initial investment, then you don't have to spend anything more on it. Right. Um, but, but I, but I do think um, all restaurants need to look at the best way to analyze their menus um, and, and, that takes time. Uh, that takes some effort. You know, you, you need to put the work in up front to be able to do that. And that's not just from the product yeah. that you're procuring. There's kind of a forest product. trees thing there, right? I only yeah. don't have time to implement that, but think about all the time that it will save you later. Right. And it's not, and I'm not saying you need a guy like me, but what I am saying is that if you, if you feel like, like I said, restaurant, restaurateurs are good at identifying the fact that they need help. So if you've identified the fact that you need help and you need help in technology, get somebody to do it for you. Yeah. Get somebody, you know, don't just sit there and get frustrated because you're sitting in front of a laptop with two screens and you can't put your menu board up in your restaurant. Go ahead and pay somebody to do it. <laughs> you know, hire a professional. Get, you know, I there's a million analogies well, for this. Do but, the things you know, that you wanted to do in the first place and kind of don't do the other things, right? Like outsource yeah. them or technologify them or whatever the yeah. word is for that. Yeah. And you know what? If it look, man, if you're if your forte is flipping burgers, then just stay in there and flip burgers. But get somebody to come in and help you do the front of the house yeah. management wise. Do do your seats and chairs match, you know, does all your FF and E match what you're trying to do? Is it your identity? Is it, you know, do you need to put in some corrugated steel and a little bit of stone to make it cool? <laughs> Do it, you know, but I'm, you know, you're not an interior designer, right? You're right. a burger flipper. So don't try to, you know, um, but yeah, I just, I, I, I believe in that, you know, and I've uh, like, like all other men in the universe, I've put together things without reading the directions. And so you have to be able to admit to yourself that that's not your forte, you know, so get somebody to do yeah, it. For you don't you. have to do everything. No, you can't. You you, right. you just can't. You, you nothing can't will get it. done. Not effectively. So I think yeah. I, I had a question in here about advice for, you know, restaurateurs, operator chefs. I think we've kind of covered that. What about advice for your students or other future chefs? Patience. Patience. It, it, it's, you know, the, the industry has a way of um, sucking you in 
and moving you up too quickly and you tend to make a commitment to putting in too many hours and burning yourself out and doing you know look um time just just take your time you know and it's we we learn from our mistakes you know obviously but look don't don't get yourself into a position where oh you know i have to quit school because they offered me a sous chef position no you don't you don't have to quit school because you've made the commitment to go to school so go to school finish school there's a million sous chef jobs out there. There's a million assistant manager jobs out there. And by the end of school, you may choose to go into baking or pastry. Yeah, it's, you know, look, just just slow down, just slow your roll, you know, look look at things. Learn the things. Yeah, and stay with what you like, right? Like, I know you do what you like, and I know I do what I like. And I think that we're fortunate because I think there's a lot of people out there that don't do what they like. But hey, look, even if you recognize the fact that maybe the operational restaurant part of it's not for you, it doesn't mean you have to leave the industry. You could still go into accounting. You could still go into merchandising. You can still go into, you know, there's many, many things that you can do. Um, I mean, it doesn't hurt anybody to know how to chop carrots, right? Um, so, you know, just, but just, you know, don't, <laughs> don't try to attain it all in, in, in a few days. You know, I, I think a lot of us make that mistake in any industry, not just ours, sure. in any know. learning. Yeah. So tell everybody how they can connect with you online, both at EVIT and at uh, ProChef Solutions. Um, at EVIT, if you're unfamiliar with EVIT, um, especially if you have kids, um, I, I would say look at our website. Um, it's amazing. I don't know if I mentioned it, but we do have over 40 different programs. Mm -hmm. It's a huge campus. Um, and we, we have wonderful administration. Um, and we're all, we're all CTEs. And I, I kind of want to clarify that a little bit. We're not academic instructors. We're all certified technical educators. And so, these are all people that have worked in the industry. Now we do have teaching certificates. We are all that, um, but we we are not the people that went to school for four years or six years or whatever to attain, you know that that level of instruction. We're people that have worked in our industry, been successful, and now we've decided to impart that knowledge on the next generation um, and and to help build the workforce. Um, so there's that. And then um, pro, prochefsolutions.net. Um, and that's, that's my own personal company. Um, and I'll, I'll do anything from, like I said earlier, you know, a, a one hour discussion to a four, five, six, 10 hour project. Um, it really doesn't matter. And I, I tell everybody, even if you're, <laughs> even if you're in the weeds for the weekend, I, I can, definitely consider picking up the knives and coming over and helping you out. You know, I mean, um, so I'll, I'll do pretty much anything. I just love food and I, and I love the industry. Um, and I would really like to see uh, more small business succeed in the industry. Um, you know, and, it, you know, again, I don't know who's listening. I hope, you know, not the big major change. Don't get mad at me or anything, but it's not <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm not going to disrupt their revenue one way or the other. So you know um but yeah that's how that's how you could rising tide it's not you know it's not a finite pie right right yeah yeah okay so So the last part of all the episodes is everybody's favorite 
two truths and a lie. So you're going to give us two facts two. about you and one less factual fact about you. Uh, but okay. don't tell us which one's which. Listeners, if you want to know, come talk to us in the comments on social media or on your favorite podcast platform, and we will let you know if you are right. Chef, take it away. Okay. So I'm going to say that um, the first uh, high volume event that I ever did in my career was over 18,000 people in the course of about five days. Um, tell you that one. And then I would say the largest fish that I ever cut was uh, over 350 pounds. That's a big and, fish. Um, yeah, that's that's a good size fish. They get up to well, it's halibut, so they they get up to 500. But you know, this one was was uh, was good size if you believe that. Um, <laughs> And then let's see. Oh, here's here's something interesting. Um, when I started in the business, and this is not one of those I walked uphill, you know, both ways to get to work or anything. But um, we didn't put a lot of focus on uh, refrigerating whole shell eggs. So that's an interesting one right there. If you yeah. if you think about that for a minute and. Uh, those those old guys out there are going to be laughing if they're if they're listening to this because they're going oh boy, what year was that that they <laughs> <laughs> did you just date yourself that I they like really that. started changing that? Well, Chef, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, listeners. As always, thank you so much for sticking around, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.